Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. Wake up! With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us your thoughts. It's on. It's now. It's here. It's the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890. 92.5. KDXU, Southern Utah's News Talk Leader. Hey, welcome to the program. I'm Andy, 908, almost 909 on KDXU. So happy to be here. Sunshiny morning. The forecast, weather forecast, says uh, 20% chance of rain today. If you'd have said that about yesterday, I'd have been like, okay, a lot of clouds. Today, it's pretty nice out there right now. Lots lots and lots of sunshine. Uh, it is Mayor Thursday. I've got Nanette Billings in studio with me. Hi, Nanette. How are Hi, you? Hi, Andy. Happy to be here. Uh, I had a friend back in high school named Nanette. And uh, that's why your name's pretty easy for me. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. She's like my old friend in high school, Nanette. But uh, they, she had a twin sister. It was Nanette and Jeanette. Oh, wow. So probably was kind of confusing for a lot of people. But they weren't identical twins, so they, they looked a little bit different. And sure. That made it easier. But uh, uh, Nanette, I wanted to talk about a phone call I got earlier today. Um, and, and maybe we can kind of segue this into uh, how some people can get some help. Um, you and I are in a position at this point in our lives where we're okay financially, right? I mean, we can pay the extra $40 for gas in our car or, or whatever. But uh, realistically, there are a lot of people who are hurting right now. And I got a call from a guy actually during my morning show this morning. I was on a commercial break, and so I just picked up and saw the phone ring, and I picked up the phone and talked to the guy, and he was like, he was like I need some help. And I said, well, what are you talking about? He says, can I go on the air and ask for some help? And I can't, I would have been fired if I would let him do that. But I, I said, talk to our, our promotions department, see if we can can help you out. But I, he, I said, what's going on? He said, well, so we just had a kid. Uh, I'm diabetic. My wife, I can't remember what he said, something wrong with his wife. Uh, they have zero gas in their car. He can't get to work because they don't have any gas in their car and gas costs I don't know, was it five and a quarter or something, a gallon? And it just broke my heart. I wanted to help him. I'm not allowed. You know, I I could not go on the air and beg for money for this guy. That's not that's not legal. I lost my job. But uh, Nanette, there are people right now in Hurricane City, in St. George, in Washington, in Ivan, Santa Clara, Enterprise, wherever. They don't have the money to fill up their car with gas. They don't have the money to make their utility payment. They don't have their money to make rent or make their uh, their uh, mortgage payment. And uh, even though you and I are maybe a little bit old, you're young, you're still young, but I'm a little bit older, we're okay financially. Uh, that's not the reality for some people right now. And it's really tricky because people that are living in a home and they have a fixed mortgage, that's not going to adjust for them. But the costs, the pure costs, from last year to this year, yeah. I was meeting with um, Mike Lee. Yeah. I was meeting with his um, staff mm-hmm. yesterday, actually. And this was in the county of government's meeting up in Parowan. And the reality is about maybe six months ago, it was $543 more per month than the year before. Mm-hmm. But right now, we're 750 750 More a month. And we're not talking about buying month. more stuff. No. Or same. we're not talking about, you know, oh, I'm going to go out to eat more. No, exact same price for uh, the exact same food you would buy, exact same uh, gas to get to work, $700 more a month. Yeah, 750 And so when we're dealing <laughs> with that, we're talking, and then that's also an increase because if people are 
renting and landlords have raised rent mm-hmm. there's there's a couple of situations that we've experienced over the last year and one of them is the increased cost in housing in mm-hmm. our community kind of crazy yeah. S- supply and demand makes a difference absolutely makes a difference people want to live here so they've come here and the supply's low so the demand is high which so makes the price goes the price up, goes up. Yeah. and so homes um, apartments even in hurricane we had a several apartments they're called the sky sky mountain apartments um they're Kind of behind IHC that area, mm-hmm. and when they were built, it was eleven fifty for a one bedroom, twelve fifty for two bedroom, and thirteen fifty. Now they're nineteen two thousand oh. and nineteen hundred two thousand and twenty one or twenty two hundred. Wow! So you talk about an increase that's so significant that you have to have five families living in one place so they can afford to live there and take care of their family, and then gas prices and some of the some of the really basic things like food you know if you were going to buy eggs i was going to say have you bought have you bought a dozen eggs lately i was going to say oh i have seven chickens so i've been not buying (laughs) eggs but i will be happy to share with someone if they need eggs yeah but that's that's an issue but the price of eggs a year ago and a dollar to a dollar 49 and now are they four or five dollars i was going to say minimum if, if you get really lucky find them on sale three something yeah so which is really tricky and so the and the actual cost some of those things we're dealing with are to supply it to the grocery store because the truckers have to charge more because their gas is more and they've had to increase wages wages have gone up so much so the dollar menu at at mcdonald's is now a dollar 30 so if you're looking at a 30 percent increase and they maybe only got two to four maybe increase on their wages I know within our city, we did a 5% increase, and that's the most that's ever happened within our city in the lifetime of our city to have no. an increase. But though the actual inflationary portion is between 11 and 12, so we're not even meeting and meeting up with inflation. And we recognize that. You can't. You can't raise wages that much. It's just no. impossible. And sustainability and make sure that you're not you know, spending tax dollars wisely. So what... Are these people, and like I said, you and I are okay. We're, we're above the line we're making, and we're, we're swimming above the water. But what about those people that now are drowning, those people that are below the line, where that $700 per family, $750 per family, makes a difference between them making it and not making it, and they're not making it right now. What, what can they do, Nanette? Do you have any ideas for them? Well, I always say people are the answer. Government's never the answer because I do not believe government's the answer. Right. There are some assistance programs that are that are designed specifically to help families, which I think are important. We have to have those kind of assistance assistance for people that are struggling. Yeah. And so my recommendation, I know within our city, and I we were addressing this in our staff meeting, talking about some of the people that are struggling that have reached out to our city, and there are some assistance programs that if you call individually to the utility departments, you can get some assistance. And I know just this year, the state of Utah, they are working on some water assistance, so it's not just utilities for your power and your your, um, like your power bill, it's actually for water as well. And so they can reach out that heat program. They have money there to help families that are struggling and they're trying to get on top of it. Um, it's, it's a really tricky thing. Cause I think our, yeah. our community, we understand we first help family. And then a lot of times people, cause they're helping each other. 
through neighborhoods and yeah. that type of situation. People go to family first, and government should be the last, the last, <laughs> you know, yeah, ask, last resort, the last yeah. ask. You know, one of the programs, and this is a federal program, the WIC program. Is that federal or state? Anyway. I don't know. Uh, I think it's state. I think, I believe it's state. I'm not ashamed to say when we had three little boys at home and were, you know, it's funny because when I talked to this guy this morning, uh, right now I could not relate to him. I I don't, I'm not there. But 20 years ago, 25 years ago, I was there. Yeah. And had... Inflation gone to the point, and we have we've had bad inflation before, but not not like, like not like right. it is Hyper right now. Sure. Had I okay, let's adjust it for you know the times. So, so let's go back to the nineties. Uh, you know, late nineties, I had three little boys at home, uh, and uh, if you say you know if our bills went up four or five hundred dollars a month, which you know, I'm trying to adjust it down for the times, we wouldn't have made it. We yeah. the the line between making and not making it financially was that close for us. We wouldn't have made it. Uh, I can tell you this, WIC helped. WIC was simply a program where you can get milk, butter, uh, uh, cheese, baby formula to help you when you have little kids at home. Because I, I, I think it's a state program because I think the state decided they didn't want any of our young people to want to not have what they need to to be fed, to make it through. Uh, and And so... You know, WIC is still out there. It's still doing its thing. Maybe forming might be a little harder to find right now. And there's a heat program through yeah. the state, that, and that's one of the programs that our city uses is heat. And it's not just for heating because right now in the middle of the summer, you're going to have air conditioning, and they will help pay for that as oh, well. Good, but it's good. just called heat, and the, then the acronym for that is mm-hmm. you know, the assistance. But it's also – there's there are several programs, so I guess you have to kind of search – and we don't want people to be dependent on government for that. But we also no. want to help them when yeah. they're in that situation and they're they're there. I had a daughter that she tore her Achilles, not her Achilles, her, um, her ACL. Oh, and she ended up having to go have surgery. And she was down for a little bit. And she said, Mom, I ended up getting some food stamps and having some help with a couple of things for a couple of months. And I didn't even know that she had done that because we would have helped her. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Those oh, yeah, are things yeah. that you just – there's – but that's part of sometimes people feel proud and they don't want to go. But if they're, we want people to eat, we want people to be able to stay in their their places that they're renting or, or living. And you said and something to too. These are supposed to be temporary helps. Yeah, they are. Uh, and it's the same thing with the church welfare program. And I've been involved sure. with that in the past. The idea is to help you a little bit to make it now so you can help yourself later. And help and, others later. <laughs> and, and help others later. Yes. Absolutely. And that's the other thing. You know, we get Thanksgiving, Christmas, we get so involved in helping other people. And that's great. I'm not saying that's bad. But what about the rest of the year? You know, if you have a neighbor that isn't, that's wanting or needing something, uh, why can't we help them in June as opposed yeah. to November or December? I think that's why it's so. so important in our community to reach out to our neighbors and to be friends, to mm-hmm. find out needs, and to be connected with everyone that lives in our community. It Good really point. helps because... At the end of the day, all the rest of it, it really doesn't matter. What matters is our relationship with other people through, you yeah. know, trying to serve. And I I love that we're trying, I believe that our community really is trying to live up to that, that second commandment, love God and then love our neighbors. And yeah. I think that we have good people that are trying to do that, but we need to do a better job, reach out and help 
and see what the need is. Sometimes we don't know the need until we reach out. There are people who live in St. George who work in Hurricane. There are people who live in Hurricane and work in Hurricane. But there are a large group of people that live in Hurricane and work somewhere over here True. in St. George or, or wherever. In fact, your husband is one of them, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it seems to well, his me... His office is in Hurricane now, oh, but okay. it was in St. George for 20 years. <laughs> okay. It, it seems to me that was easy to do when gas was yeah. $1.89 or right. two seventeen or whatever. Now you're talking about, and even though it's not that far, yeah. uh, a 15, 9, 12, whatever mile drive to get to work, all of a sudden becomes a little bit concerning because you're not spending, you know, $4 a day to do it. You're spending $10 a day to do well, it. Well, in 2007, when the gas did go up to $5 a gallon, that's when he moved his office to Hurricane. Mm. He mm. said, you know, I'm, I'm good. There's, yeah. This is a... a tight-knit community that like we can travel and this is okay but i can travel two miles instead of 20 if there was a giant wall put up between washington and hurricane uh i know there are a lot of people that they, they like i said that work here but would a hurricane be self-sustainable would it be do you have enough industry and enough jobs that if everyone in hurricane had to work in or near hurricane could they do it i don't think so and I also think there's several of the, as far as industrial type of things like Home Depot, mm-hmm. Lowe's, some type of um, Sunrock, that type of um, industry, we don't have that need serviced over there. We, we don't. The building industry, it's everyone comes to Washington and St. George to fill that need. And there's several other needs. I mean, the hospital is a good example. Right. We right. are working on that. But we don't have that need filled, and so no, we would not be self-sustaining. There's a, there's plenty of need on the east side of the county that we need, that we have needs that but, are not being met. But the growth is coming. Yeah, and, it is. and it's probably going to get there. One thing you know, and, and uh, I was fortunate enough to have the hospital administrator, Ms. Cloward, on earlier yeah. this week. Uh, this has become I, Intermountain Healthcare in St. George has become a world-class hospital. It where is. It used to be if you had some kind of traumatic injury, you were on a jet and you were flying to Salt Lake or you were on a helicopter flying to Las Vegas or whatever. Most of the time, they don't have to do that anymore. Sure. Uh, so if you get injured in a hurricane right now, you have to get to St. George if it's something really big. Uh, but I have a feeling down the road, Nanette, eventually you guys are going to have have to have some kind of world-class facilities out so in they're, Hurricane. So they're started yeah. right there next to our IHC facility that's just our Instacare and our home, it's not home health, it's just a regular family doctor. Mm-hmm. There's, they have some labs. They also have a little bit of, but they're opening up an imaging session, section also ER. Well, yeah. And then they'll have some beds for mild mild cases right. i guess and then if it's major they'll they'll transport and then it will expand it's it's actually a hospital to be built in, in phases which i believe is there's a need just 20 minutes matters because if you're in springdale sure. if you're in apple valley hilldale if you're in tokerville 20 minutes matters in saving lives really so really does it yeah. does and in, just increasing our fire district where we've had the ambulance service at every single district 24 hours a day, it has increased our response time where we're saving lives through the people that are there to help serve in our community. If I have, uh, say I break my leg in sure. Hurricane, the facilities are there to take to take care of that? Uh-huh. My, minor, 
not, yeah. I wouldn't say minor because breaking yeah. a leg hurts. Yeah. It's, it's not, and I guess if you're needing to meet with an orthopedic surgeon, you'd need to come and okay. meet with one. But if it's it, what if but if it's something big, big like I, you know, I I have a traumatic brain injury or something like that. Yeah, happens. you're coming to the hospital in St. George. Okay. Sure. And maybe someday though that will change, right? Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, Hurricane, it's a, it's a bright horizon. You've talked about it a lot, Nana. You are not anti-growth, uh, but you'd want to be able to control a little bit and hope that it doesn't get too crazy. Yeah, and I just, I think more than anything, the growth I've been talking about to, to maintain that small town charm is just not increased density to the point that you just have high density everywhere. Mm-hmm. I think it's wise to recognize the reason people move to hurricanes. They really like that small town charm and they don't want high rises of apartment complexes everywhere. Do we need the industry? Absolutely, we do need. We need jobs because if people can work and recreate and live right next to where they work, it makes it so that it helps your lifestyle. You're not commuting for an hour or right, right. or whatever each day. So, when uh, when I moved here, there was a clear there was land, a clear space between St. George and Washington. Correct. There was clear space between St. George and Santa Clara. Now it's, it's all, I mean, you start in Ivan's and go to Washington and there's people the whole way. Right. Uh, do you ever anticipate uh, there, all that space between Washington and Hurricane filling in with people? I, we're, we're, already, we're already getting there. I mean, Coral Canyon was brand new when I moved here. So. Right. Yeah, and I think a lot of it will be the industrial sections. Hmm. And yeah, it, it is, it's filling in now. If you go on SR7, that mm-hmm. goes from the airport into Santalo, right. there's many sections right there that you're going to see more development more people more, more people yeah. well people it's really tricky because when you're talking about you grow up here and you see the awesome opportunities for recreating and raising a family in this mm-hmm. awesome community other people come here on vacation and see it and they want it too so it's it makes who are we to deny, right? right? Yeah, my mom. We've had this conversation a billion times because she had thirteen kids, and I'm number five out of thirteen, and nine of my brothers and sisters live in town. Wow! So we've said, you know, we're part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> and I have, I probably have twenty eight nieces and nephews that live in town. It's, thirteen kids. Huh? Yeah, and so wow. that's that's a big deal when you have that big of family, and then you have children, and then they have children. So it just attrition it's going to happen and you're going to have more people that want to stay because they are part of the family and want to live in this community but then other people move in here so that that causes we need more jobs more places for people to live and nine of did you say you were number nine i'm number five out of 13 but there's nine of my siblings that live in town okay okay five out of 13 that's a lot of kids we had five kids in my family i'm like that's a pretty big family but my mom was one of nine yeah and i thought that was a really big family but 13 wow and i had five kids and so you know it just you know that makes a difference did you have an identity crisis growing up because with with all those mouths (laughs) and all those people did you have to say hey what about me no, no, I felt pretty love. My mom and dad were really good to make sure they <laughs> they shared the love. That's cool. All right, let's go to the phone lines. You're on with Annie and with Nanette Billings from Hurricane. What's up? Morning. Morning. Okay. This is a little roundabout question. I live in St. George right now, and we're having a major tax increase coming down the pike because mm-hmm. they just love to spend money in this town. 
and their claim to fame is they're the infrastructure for pretty much Washington County. They've got the sewer, they've got the jail, they've got the airport, and justify all this. So what does Hurricane bring to the table? Do you use our sewer plant? You have your own, don't you? We do have our, well, Ash Creek Special Service District is the east side of the county. So it's Hurricane, Lavurican, Tokerville. It's also, Apple Valley is looking to annex in August. We have some negotiation on that on working with that so we do not use the sewer district here but uh, i have actually a sewer district meeting tonight at 11 i mean at 6 sorry not 11 hopefully i'm done no. by 11 tonight <laughs> but at 6 p.m and that's the ash creek special service district has um they've gone through some feasibility for the community and you're right it make it matters when you have more people that move here you think well the impact fee will cover the cost to provide for the impact and it doesn't the mm-hmm. rates have to help cover for that and so when you're um looking at increases there has not been an increase since 19 I, well it's been 15 years so i think that'd be about 2006 there hasn't been an increase for the sewer district at all not even a cost of living at you know some mm. type of an increase and so the increase they're looking at is ten dollars when we looked at that actual projections from 2006 till now, it would be a $10 increase by the time, by now. But we haven't needed that increase because we haven't had big projects. But now we have to build this reuse center so that we have it for... And the main reason for this Ash Creek Reuse Center, I'm just going to explain this. I know St. George is in the process of this. The reuse center is to take this sewage and make it potable so they can reuse it on your landscaping for agriculture and for your gardens and lawns and golf courses. And so this reuse just makes so that we have the ability to have the water that we need. That's a good plan for getting more water anyway, but it's just, you guys are pricing this old-timers. I've been here yeah. St. George while I grew up upriver in Rockville. Right. Worked St. George most of my life. Yeah. Got a comfortable house and stuff, and I'm getting priced out of the market. So I'm yeah. going to tell you one thing that we've done within the sewer district and in Hurricane City as we've had these conversations. If someone is qualified for the tax, I'm going to say it's an exemption, when you go to the county and you have a like a fixed income and then you can be you can have the help on your taxes on your property taxes of your home we allow that within the district to not have the increase so because one hundred twenty thousand dollars 120 dollars a year is a pretty significant increase if you're on a fixed income and so because that's ten dollars a month so 120 a year increase for sewer and so if that's the case and someone has already gone through that process, they'll accept it and they don't have to have that increase. And we're encouraging families that that can help pay for the, to, you know, help pay that, that cost because it's going to cost $30 million to build this reuse just in the eastern part of the county. But if yeah. that's the case and you're on a fixed income, you can go in and, and meet with the county and you can qualify for that tax exemption for your property taxes then we're allowing that exemption to be part of the sewer district so that they don't have the increase what about the power rates i understand natural gas is going crazy right and power rates we haven't been able to adjust that because that's just the pure cost of actually running your air conditioner 
and running your heater and you know taking care of your lights yourself and so that cost we have not been able to um, adjust that because it's just the pure cost now how much a month was that 750 dollars uh, I didn't say anything about a cost for the energy, but it's, it has gone up. I mean, our costs, we are with you amps, and so our cost has gone up for sure. No, I was talking what you said about Lee was saying it costs that much more to live. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, cost it of is. Living. Right. And in February, it was 453 and right now it's 750 Yeah. Per That's... month more for just the same exact cost of living that you have an increased cost of living. That's the same it's thing. starting to pinch. That's for sure. Right? It is. Yeah. And so I people think... are, are not traveling like they were before. Last year, a lot more people were traveling and a lot less people are traveling right now because of the cost. Yeah, kind of puts a hole in the whole supply and demand thing. Uh, because uh, last year, you know, the travel went way down and still the prices started going up and i don't know it's it's frustrating and i feel like i said it, it kind of touched my heart when that guy called me today and says i don't know what to do i can't get to work I, it's too far to walk yeah. and that, that's kind of why i wanted to bring it up with you nanette is if i work in st george and i live in hurricane or vice versa and i can't afford to get to work that's yeah that's tough i mean yeah. riding a bicycle from you know seventh south to to main street and hurricane that or State Street in a hurricane, that's, yeah. that's a long way. That is. You're going to leave and two it's hours early. not doable. And so that would be a time to relocate or look at another way to, I mean, another place to live. But finding a place to I live is say, good tricky. Luck there. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just that supply and demand problem is just not available. Hurricane Mayor Nanette Billings with me. We're going to take a weather break and some commercials. When we come back, we'll talk more. With Nan Ed, we want to talk about some of the stuff coming up in Hurricane Utah. Yeah, some of the cool stuff. We'll be right back. Compelling guests, hot topics, the latest news. Always on the Andy Griffin Show. Is there a juicy part in it for me? Right here on News Radio 890. 92.5. KDXU. Southern Utah's news talk leader. Welcome back. I'm Andy, and it's Thursday. That means mayors are on. Sometimes Michelle Randall, sometimes Chris Daly, sometimes Brandon Humphreys. And today, it's a lovely blonde-haired lady by the name of Nanette Billings. Nanette, thank you for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me today. Appreciate you. She's been the mayor of Hurricane now for three months? Six months. Six months. Six months. Wow. Holy cow. Time flies, huh? Time flies. The number you gave a few months ago uh, on your appearance on this show still blows people away. I I tell people, I'm like, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Mayor Billings told me out in Hurricane that she goes to, what's the number, 39 meetings average per week or something like that? Probably 30 to 35. 30 to 35 meetings a week. Now, suppose you, and and Nanette doesn't have a technically a full-time job right now. Uh, she has an well, all-time job. Yeah, I yeah. say it's not full-time, it's not part-time, it's but all imagine, the time. imagine if you, I don't know, were an insurance salesman like Mayor Staley is over in Washington, uh, and you have all these meetings, and then you have your job, and you have, you know, a family, and you, I mean, it just blows blows me away how much time and effort you put in. And by the way, it's a part-time, pay-wise, it's a part-time job <laughs> in less than part-time, to be quite right. honest. Uh I don't know how I don't know how mayors do it. It seems like 
Yes. Well, I just made it my priority. Yeah? Yeah, I just felt like this is a time in my life that I can serve and help the citizens to represent, be here to make sure that they're being heard and we're meeting the needs in our city. It, it There's seems, a lot of needs that are needing to be met. It seems like to me, you go to some meetings, uh, yeah, this it's good I'm here. I need to be here. This is important for the future of Hurricane. And then there are other meetings. Where, yeah, okay, we're having a, an ice cream social on Thursday, and we need the mayor's input on how much ice cream we should buy. Are there meetings where you go to them and you're like, why am I here? I haven't had those kind of meetings. No? Nope. Okay. <laughs> but I, there's uh, most meetings that I've attended, and most of it, I leave myself open, so I'm meeting with with actual citizens. Hmm. And so I do have a lot of citizen meetings because they want to meet on specific topics, and then staff can take care of some of those things after that. But there's several issues that need to be addressed. And so it's mainly to represent, but there's a lot of meetings that I go to. And if I'm not there, you don't know, and you're not able to make good decisions and bring it back to the councils for them to make good decisions. Right, right. plus you aren't represented if it's a meeting, say. And I was going to ask you about this. How many of your meetings are, you know, maybe with the rest of the mayors in the county or rest of the mayors in the state? Or yeah. water water conservancy stuff? Or, uh, because... You're talking about needing to be at meetings. Well, you kind of need to be at these meetings to represent Hurricane because if you don't, nobody will. True. So this week we had a mayor's meeting with the Washington County Water Conservancy District. Mm -hmm. Um, This week um, I've been up in Parowan. We had a five counties meeting, and I'm the mayor that represents all the mayors in that five counties. In the whole five counties. Uh Wow. And so those are important. They they really are. we have a once-a-month mayor's meeting. We also have Washington County Water Conservancy. It's usually every quarter, but we've been meeting once a month because we're trying to... Because water's kind of important right now. It's very important, <laughs> and we're trying to figure out how to, how to navigate through this. But there's other meetings that we meet more regularly with. Um, on Whichever board you're on, you're going to have a lot of meetings and and. Mm. That's something that I've delegated to council members, a lot of the meetings. But fire district, sewer district, it takes a lot of your time to make sure that you're representing the citizens in all of the, the aspects of the community, not just like going to staff meeting so we, every we, week. And those yeah. are really important to make sure that we have the representation for citizens with staff because staff's there to make sure they're representing the city. The mayor and the council's job is to make sure we're representing citizens hmm. with not having overreach from government. S- seems like, you know, everybody says weak mayor because you're not a full-time mayor, but that seemed like a little bit of a misnomer because even though you don't get a vote unless there's a tie with the city council, the fact that you're out representing the... That was a weird sound. The fact that you're out there representing the city uh, and bringing information back to the council makes what you do pretty crucial. It is. In a lot of, in a lot of I cases. I feel like more than anything, it's being influential and visionary to share that cast of vision to the council so that we can move forward in a good direction. All right, let's take a phone call. And then when we, when after the phone call, I want to ask you a question about uh managing for now and managing for the future the differences and and, and what's so expected important. of you uh, let's go to the phone line first hey thanks for calling in you're with annie and with annette billings what's up good morning morning good morning uh first of all nanette i would like to uh just say that uh, i support your husband willie billings he understands the constitution and he understands the proper role of government and i would encourage anyone who has the ability to vote for him to do so 
Oh, Secondly, I, uh, you know, I, I, I listen to the radio a lot, and there's a lot of conversations about a lot of things. And I, I think the most important one in front of us is what you guys were talking about at first. You know, housing in this area has been unaffordable for several years now. Mm-hmm. Food and gasoline is becoming unaffordable. Yeah. These are the basic necessities of life. And yet we go on and we talk about all these other various things, you know, growth, and we're going to build this and this park. And, you know, my, my purpose for the call today is we have to realize the reality of where we're at. Why are all of these things becoming more expensive? And, and Andy, you had mentioned that you and Nanette are okay for now. Well, at the trend that we're on, if it was $400 a month increase several months ago and it's $750 now, you don't have to be very bright to think, well, there's a trend developing here. What's it going to be at the end of the year? And And so also, also, Nanette, you talked about, you know, government's not the solution. And that's exactly right. But the reason why we're here is because the government has printed through the Federal Reserve trillions of dollars and injected them into our economy that's not going to go away when you have too many dollars chasing too few goods this is the predictable outcome and so i just want to remind everybody that this is just the beginning of this process and i would really encourage nana you and every other uh political official to understand that we're in the beginning of this and instead of talking about all the great things we're going to do to grow the, the uh, community, we better start talking about how we're going to survive what I believe is going to be a depression because the Federal Reserve is not doing what's required. And that is you have to completely pull all of that money back out of the economy. Every one of us here in Utah is a surf to the state, the federal state. We brag about how we have a balanced budget. We get $4 billion a year just directly from the Fed. And all of these programs, Nanette, that she referred to, and, and yeah. yeah, they're helpful and valuable, but we're putting them on the credit card. Yeah. No, we, you're not wrong. We need, yeah. we need to, well, the, another way to say that is I'm right. Yes. And so <laughs> I, I know, I know a, a, lot of, a lot of people want to just tiptoe through this and think we're going to be okay. Yeah. Ronald Reagan and Paul Volcker had to raise the interest rates to 21 percent to stop inflation. We just raised the three quarters of a point. We're going to wait and see what happens. Folks, we're in trouble. Yeah. Nanette, I'm encouraging you as a uh, mayor of a city to start realizing that that trend, it's going to be $800 a month and then 1000 yeah. And then what are we going to do? Let's start working on that. And Nanette, I don't expect you to have any... Uh, you know, easy solution. This is a very, very difficult place we're in, but we first have to recognize where we're at. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that, and you're, you, that Steve. is not being wrong. But you're right, absolutely, and it's really an issue where this isn't something. As on a local level, I really believe that it starts locally with elected officials, and I think it moves forward on every level when you elect people that are going to vote for something that's just going to be out of control we have to recognize how important elections are because it really does matter our local elections matter when you change and affect people's lives with the cost of and any fee that's increased is a tax absolutely because it grows government so it's really important now utilities are a little bit different because you got to be able to take care of the 
the cost of whatever that utility is. And some of that hyperinflation, it's come from stimulating the economy with all of the the growth and that is going to be on your your congressmen and your senators absolutely and so we have to recognize those elections are coming up right now and it's important for us to to reach out and get our ballots and turn them back in (laughs) because we can't change we can't change where people spend their money unless we you know, work through the election process and keep those people accountable to other people. I absolutely believe that. You know, when you're talking about affordable housing, this is a really big issue. We just had a workshop about two weeks ago in Hurricane over this, and we went through the affordable housing issues, and it's not one issue. It's not one solution either. It's not one issue, and it's not one solution. There's 10 solutions. It's going to be self-help homes. It's going And last year we had... 13 in one area, 9 in another, and they go in and they spend 35 hours a week and help build their own home. And these people, those 13 and those 9, moved into a home and their cost was around $265,000 for a uh, 18 square, 1,800 square foot home on a, I think it was an R16 lot. But that's significant, 260. They could afford that. That was affordability. Out of those, the, out of the, the homes that were built that had nine, six of those were two parents and the mom was in the home taking care of children. That's affordability for a mom to stay home and take care of children. True. True. One of them was a single, fam- single mom and the other two, both of the parents worked. But that's still, that's affordable. 260000 was something they could do. So that's one solution, self-help. Then Habitat for, for Humanity is one. We as the city that we've helped with some, um, the impact fee reductions so that they can say, okay. But the challenge is a lot of times when people come in, unless it's a deed restriction or some type of an agreement before, they might get a impact fee reduction, but it doesn't get passed on to consumers. And so you have to make sure, we're working on making sure that the consumer is affected because they're going to sell that at market, even if they receive those kind of credits. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that are solutions and not just one. And it's something that we're very mindful. We're working on some of these things trying to help promote so people can afford to stay here. 950 on KDXU, Nanette uh, Billings with me today. I still want to talk for a minute about mayoring or managing now versus looking to the future. Uh, we had the Water Conservancy on yesterday, and they have to live in the future. Yes. They, they have to live in how are we going to have water in 5 years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Yeah. Uh, and is that something mayors have to do too? Absolutely, sure. I had Del- well, Hold on, let me okay. get a commercial break in and then okay. we'll get your thoughts on it, okay, Nana? Sure. This is the Andy Griffin show on News Radio 890 92.5 KDXU. Stay tuned for Clay and Buck coming up next. Welcome back, Andy and Nanette. Hey, we should start our own show, shouldn't we? There you go. <laughs> Nanette Billings. Well, I'll just come on yours. Okay, that works. That works. Uh, except you're too busy to come on very often. We'll get you on as much as we can, though. Nanette Billings, of course, the mayor of Hurricane City. Uh, and again, before the break, you started to talk about it, but uh, we had the Water Conservancy District on yesterday, and they talked about their need to live in the future. They've got to figure out in 30 years how we're still going to have water in Washington County. And and so, uh, to me, it's a weird way to live. And Ron Thompson was really good at it, the yeah. former Water Conservancy uh, uh, manager. 
building, you know, Sand Hollow and Quail Creek long before everybody thought we needed it. In fact, he, uh, Zach Renston was saying, yeah, we had protesters saying, we don't need this. Well, they do now. Uh, but uh, how is it as a mayor of a city, knowing you have so many current issues, so many problems and things to worry about and concerns to think about 2032 or 2042 or 52 or 62 or how does the balance work because it seems like that'd be really tough well i had really good advice when i was actually running for council and it was by the former mayor del stout and he said to me look into the future 20 years whenever you're making a decision and Hmm. he said and then look 20 years behind beyond that and he goes, wow. and then look 20 years beyond that. Whoa. And I, We're talking about I, 2082 yeah, now. <laughs> so it's really, it's actually really touched my heart because I've really recognized that we're not making decisions for today or tomorrow. We're making decisions for really our generations of the future. And it, it really does come back to the people that developed the canal, the built and organized and engineered the canal back in the early 1900s mm-hmm. they were visionary people yeah. they were not building building that for their <clears throat> very own crops it was for their children and their children's children and that's exactly the water that we're de- that's being developed at this point and everything that we do within our city i remember being a teenager in the early 80s when um i remember the discussion about quell lake was being discussed and i remember people opposing yeah Quell Lake, and the cost per capita was more than the Lake Powell Pipeline is being proposed today because the Hmm. amount of people that were here was so limited. It wasn't like what we have here. Not knowing. So that is the future visionary people saying, hey, what are we looking into the future to say? Are we developing correctly? Because Quell Lake was needed, and it only took 10 years to develop Sand Hollow because we could see the need and see the importance of that need. Hmm. And now we're at that point saying this has to be developed, and every water right needs to be developed. And that's what we're doing in Hurricane City. This new Sand Hollow well will make us more self you know sufficient dependent on hurricane city than the district Hmm. and those are important aspects to recognize we're doing this to develop and maintain and protect our rights the the lake powell pipeline has been very controversial there were a lot of people that you know i remember sitting in a in a public comment meeting and there was a line of people uh, you know the length of the room and, and most of them were like ah we don't need that that's too much money and 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 you know, I, I was sitting there as a, I think, fairly impartial observer listening to it, and none of their arguments, to me, no pun intended, held water, uh, because I was sitting there going, well, okay, what are we going to do about water in 10 years or, or 15 or 20 years? It might take 10 or 15 or 20 to actually get it done, uh, especially <laughs> looking at the EPA reports that take forever and ever oh, to, yeah. to do. But, Those environmental assessments take a long time to have yeah. done, and they're completed. They're ready to start on some of these projects, but, but it's important to recognize that when you're working with water, that it's you're looking at future use. And a lot of times the comments when you're in a room filled with people and they're saying, we don't need this, they're saying, I just moved here, but please shut the door after me. Right, right. And so recognizing that I'm gr- I grew up here, I want to have enough for our family and their family and their family and the people that come here because we love all of them. And we want everyone to be able to enjoy what we enjoy here. And we have to make sure that we're developing for that. Somebody said, well, we're limited by our topography. We're limited by the mountains and hills, the, the Razorback, you know. The, uh, but 
if you look at California, California has a, a, quite a varied topography themselves, and they right. found a way to get oh, really, man. really big. I've said so. this for a lot of long time that you know every of the big cities figured this out, and we have smart people on this. This isn't something that's the first time this has ever been thought. Right. And this right. isn't the first time that someone's had a hard project that they've had to fund and figure out how to get it here and have it engineered. They've done these type of projects before and funding before, and we have the right we have to move forward because we have the need one minute left uh, let me ask you uh, people were talking about uh shutting down shutting the door limiting growth not letting people build shutting down the construction industry i have strong feelings about that i don't think that would work i think it's terrible uh what you're propose what they are yeah. proposing uh in uh 40 well, it's seconds not constitutional. first yeah. of all it's not constitutional say who gets to win and lose who gets to stay and who has to go who can't come and so yeah i'll never be part of saying that <laughs> Well, and, and, you know, I mean, real quickly, if you think about if if we put a moratorium, say you can't build anymore, you're basically telling a private industry, construction yeah. industry, you're not allowed to develop the land that you bought. You're telling all the workers who work in the construction industry, you're not allowed to go to work. Yeah, and this is all about pro- personal property rights. Yeah. Uh, they, I believe that we have to recognize what they are and move forward saying they have the right to develop that's their right and as long as it's not infringing on someone else's rights they have that right nice to slow it down a little bit i don't think yeah. we can stop it i, I know we can't we yeah. can't stop it all right nanette fantastic thanks uh, for letting me be today. on appreciate yeah. you coming in thanks it's the annie griffin show i'll be back live tomorrow to take your phone calls and we'll we'll have some fun <laughs>